The Rudy Giuliani Show. Good afternoon. This is Rudy Giuliani uh, bringing you the Rudy Giuliani Show. And thank you. Thank you, America, for tuning in. Uh, we've got a um, we've got quite a show today. We'll be going for an hour and then we'll be doing a half hour of Bo's show because Bo continues to be on vacation, I believe, until the end of the week. And then we're going to go right into the John and uh, Rita show. So we're going to be with you for a long time. So get ready and call in and. Hopefully we'll get to your, give us time to get to your calls and cover all the things that aren't covered anywhere else. Someday I'm going to do a study of how much we cover that isn't in, we'll pick like five or six of the main publications, the Times, the Washington Post, the New York Daily News, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, uh, MSNBC. That's about it. You know, that, let, let's see how much we cover that they don't cover. Uh, which is probably almost anything that points out that Joe Biden is gonzo. And by the way, it really is crazy. But I think Adams is losing it too. I was just on with Greg, and I'm 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 listening to some of these uh, clips of his, and I've been worried since the time he announced that he was talking to God. Now I I uh, let me just make make my own confession. I believe religion is essentially private. But if I'm going to talk about it, I got to tell you pretty much where, you know, basically where I am. So I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in what would be pretty much traditional Catholic uh, 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 theology. I probably am uh, a little looser on a, on, the, on a lot of the rules, uh, which I think maybe are somewhat unrealistic in light of human nature. Uh I believe in a very forgiving God <laughs> makes it easier for me that way. But I, I emphasize those portions in the gospel where uh, Jesus uh, uh, came for sinners. And boy, <laughs> that fits me. And um, and I'm quite knowledgeable about it. I'm probably more knowledgeable than I am a good uh, Catholic or Christian, meaning academically knowledgeable because I studied uh, most of my, uh, I'd say three quarters of my life thinking I was going to be a priest. So I took f uh, four or five years of Latin. I took four years of theology. Um, and it's something I enjoy debating, discussing, and uh, like I do politics. I think, I think religion is one of the three or four most formative uh, aspects of culture. You can't understand where we are today without understanding the, at least the history of religion and, um, and, and what happens when you write God off. So that just so you know where I come from, okay? But I'm quite tolerant. I believe there are a lot of ways to God, uh, although I'm a Catholic, and that's my belief. And I understand, you know, fundamentalist Protestants believe it's only through Jesus that you get to God. I believe that if you haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to Jesus, there are other ways to get to God by leading a good life, uh, that God reveals himself in different ways. So it's a more, it's a broader, a broader aspect than that. And I believe we do pray. And I do believe that in a, in a certain very indirect way, we hear from God, or at least we think we do. Like we pray and we get a sense of what the right thing to do is. And we believe that's coming from God. Now, that's a far cry from what Adams is saying, that God talked. I do not believe that except for some very exceptional people like Moses, like Jesus, 
I do not believe that God has had, you know, face-to-face conversations with people. And when you tell me that, I'm going to step back and take a really good look at you. And if you're the mayor of a city or the president of a country, I'm going to get a little worried about you. Because when I was an assistant U.S. attorney, <clears throat> we used to do, um, we used to have to once a week uh, sit, sit in, a, in a room and listen to all the people with the complaints that came in. And invariably, people came in that were talking to God and talking to Satan, and they would tell them to do all kinds of stuff. So when you begin a sentence saying, I was talking to God, I put you in a special category like, do they have a room at Bellevue to take a look at you? So now let's listen. Let's listen for a moment. Uh, uh, let me see if I can get the one. Let's see if I can get the one where he talked about uh, about talking to God. Number four. Okay. Thank you very much, Diego. Number four. Over 30 years ago, hearing that message from God that I was going to be mayor January 1st, 2022. And the most important part of that message was God saying, you are to tell everyone you know. Because I don't want people to think you got there because of who you are, but I want them to know you got there because of who I am. So uh, think about that message for a moment. Now, maybe he's talking um, um, sort of poetically about uh, speaking to God, that it was like an indirect message. He, he got the feeling that God was behind him, which I can, that, that I buy. I can understand that. But the idea is that God selected him. It wasn't him. It was God that selected him. This is what Henry VIII thought. I mean, what, uh, what, what the hell is wrong with him? The mayor was selected by God? Maybe he's stupid. I don't know. But if he's serious about that, that's a hell of a thing to say and something worthy of examination. But this press that's useless to us in protecting us doesn't bother to drive him nuts about that. I think if I said something like that, they'd be recommended all kinds of psychiatrists. Like, God picked you? You didn't do this. God did it. Uh, and maybe it explains. Maybe it explains some of these other things that I don't even I don't even understand what he's what he what he's what he's what he's talking about. Um, let's try number three. I am the symbol of black manhood in this city, in this country, and what it represents. I'm the mayor of the most powerful city on the globe, and people need to recognize that. What is that? I'm the. It's like a, a statement of he's he's like uh, it's almost like a godlike statement. I'm I I'm a colossus. And let's try number two. Cause let me tell you what hard is. Hard is picking cotton from sunup to sundown, giving birth on the field, and going back to pick cotton some more. I don't, he, did he do that? Was he a cotton picker? I mean, it is true. Blacks have gone through terrible, difficult things, but gee, I don't know. Uh, we all have had relatives and, and people in our background. I mean, we've 
Many of you have had relatives who fought in wars, right? I mean, I had, a, I had an uncle that was blown out of an aircraft carrier and was gone for two days. I had another one that was behind enemy lines for, for two years. And I, I had a police officer cousin who was killed in the line of duty. I mean, we can all announce things like that and talk about things like that. It isn't related necessarily even to race. It's related to the human life. Things have happened to people, and picking cotton is very, very hard. There are things, believe it or not, that are harder and things that are easier. Something going on here. I mean, please, don't, don't, don't think I'm overdoing this. This is not even political. He's not running right now. This is for the good of my city. I mean, I look at the country, and I know we're in the hands of a man who's mentally completely incompetent, and I see what it's doing to the country. But maybe this is the reason why... We've got, uh, you know, he's complaining like hell about all the expenses. He's blowing the budget. He's putting us in bankruptcy. And he invited these people here. And he's still inviting them here by, by, by bragging about how he takes care of them. We're way beyond being able to afford it. We're way beyond it. Uh, financially, we're way beyond it. He's got a school system that's falling apart. Kids keep going further and further down the list in comparison to other kids. His emphasis should be on that, not the illegal immigrants. These immigrants that he's talking about are not all very, very saintly, poor, horrible people. This is being run by the cartels on the other side. They are including in the group that we get a large number of drug dealers, terrorists, sexual deviants. People let out of prisons and mental institutions. Now, we have no idea how many because we don't check them. Also, roughly half of them, we never, never even got to look at them. They came in unobserved, and he's putting them next to your kid. This is why if he's crazy, it's dangerous. Now, listen to this. I mean, that, now we're getting, now we're starting to sound, this one sounds a little like Kamala Harris uh, craziness rather than Biden, but maybe a combination of both. Let's listen to number six. You are watching 81,000 people coming to this city and not like other cities, they're not sleeping on the streets with no help on the federal level. You are watching an incompetent person turning a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. You understand what that means? He, is he the incompetent person? You're looking at an incompetent person turning it into a cop. I mean, does that make any sense? I mean, there's something wrong, and I picked just a few. And if we had a press that acted like it used to in the constitutional arrangement we had for this country where they were the fourth estate. You know, the, what that meant was if I, as the mayor, got a little uh, uh, over my skis or, 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 or they believe overdid it, they would check me and they would uh, ask me tough questions. I mean, Dominic Carter is on this radio station. And Dominic is a, a superb reporter and superb at what he does here. But and, and we are very close, as you can tell. Do you know he was the, one of the toughest on me? By far, I mean, there were times in which I wanted to just punch him in the face. Right? And he probably wanted to punch me in the face. 
but even with that, even with that, even at the at the times that he did it, I never avoided him. I didn't think I had a right to avoid him. I I thought he had a job to do and I had a job to do. And I thought he and the ones who pushed me made me a better mayor because uh, that's the reason I had eight o'clock meeting every morning. I was ready for it. I, I never wanted them to beat me. I didn't want them to know something I didn't know. And when they did, either I was really upset with myself or I was upset with one of my people for not letting me know, which meant I ran the city better. I did, I, I, that wouldn't have happened if I, do a, if I did a Biden and ran away from them or I did an Adams and got insulted that they're, you know, they're insulting me as an Italian because they're questioning me. I mean, this guy gets insulted every time he's questioned because he's a black man. Sorry, you know, it doesn't make you a better mayor that you're a black man or a white man. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's about your qualities, not about your race. But we'll be back very shortly with uh, a lot of other very, very important areas of news and information that's being hidden from you. The former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you with the Rudy Giuliani Show. So we were talking about Eric Adams and how it seems over the last two to three weeks since he announced that he talked to God. And uh, then, he, then he went off on the Holocaust survivor, the woman, uh, and got really nasty with her and hasn't apologized and says he's never going to apologize. And it was like being back on the plantation. And then he's now talking about the difficulties of picking cotton. And um, I don't know. You make your own decision. I played those for you and, and, and listen for yourself. But tell me if, if you don't think – and I'm not talking about his being politically wrong or having wrong policies or even being uh, hypocritical or weak because he doesn't, he doesn't follow through on what he says he's going to do. I'm talking about is there something wrong with him, like in the head, like our president? Uh, and I have a call here about Eric, so let me take that, and then, then I'm going to ask you to look at something for me about the president uh, because uh, nobody else wants to do it, so I might as well do it. Uh, let, let's go to our friend Larry in Brooklyn. Yeah, hi, Rudy. I just hope that Eli Whitney didn't make uh, his point less emphatic. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> but, yep. but, but what I want to say is uh, I disagree with you intellectually slightly about, about Eric Adams. I believe this whole thing about God is a cover. Okay. I believe I believe he's being militantized. Okay. okay and he's using be. the church. Yeah, he has a private audience. He can't come out and start saying. But you saw the the cue words. The key words. Uh, uh, black this, black that. You know, it's all leading up to the. You know, the truth is he's being militantized. Now, I listened to Brian Lehrer about a week ago. And I heard Reverend Al Sharpton there. Sometimes it's good to listen to yeah, the other sure, side because you hear things. Yeah. So, uh, so he was asked. Al Sharpton was asked, uh, you know, how how Eric Adams is doing so far, and you could tell he was being very careful with his words, and he very succinctly said, "The media is giving him a they're painting this kind of picture when it's really this and that. And that. The media is giving the wrong impression." Now, if you listen to Eric Adams, what he said, he says. They're trying to turn one, one of one of the uh, uh, phrases in his speech, the sentences in his speech. He said they're trying to make it look like it's an incompetent city, or, you know, and, and, but it's really competent. You didn't play that part, 
but those were the almost the same words as Al Sharpton uh-huh, uh-huh. used. Yeah, I thought we did. So, we said we said incompetent man. He referred to himself as an incompetent man. But what you're telling me is what he's saying when he says that is that they're calling him an incompetent man. No, 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 no. Excuse me. When he said he was in a the one part you played, he yep. was being falsely humble. It was the God thing again. I'm incompetent, you know, right. but, but he's an idiot to call himself a copy, right? So no, but you, you didn't play the, the soundbite where he said that, they, that they're trying to make it look like the city. Is, yeah, that, that's how you didn't play. But it was the same thing that Al, that Al Sharpton was saying. So they're on the same page. And I believe he's being militantized by Al Sharpton, you know, with all this black rhetoric, okay? And uh, frankly, it's very dangerous. I'll tell you why. Because I think that they're, I, I, I'll go even further. I think they're weaponizing the homeless. Uh, they're turning homeless people into uh, domestic terrorists. Like when you saw this, this incident with the CVS employee that's now charged with murder. Yeah, that's outrageous. This guy, this, I, I, read the, I read the article on this guy. This guy did not just go through the criminal justice system on leniency. What they did was they consolidated cases that had nothing to do with each other. They consolidated two, uh, two shoplifting incidents with a robbery. And they, what they basically did was they let him, they let him yeah, plead really guilty Well, Larry, we got to take a break, but I think uh, you've got a lot of food for thought. Uh, Thank you, and we'll we'll follow up on that. We'll be back right after this, and uh, we'll follow up on that, and we'll start taking a look at our president. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, this is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. You can call us at 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. So while we have uh, Adams here going off uh, with talking to God and uh, being on the plantation and... Um, being the symbol of the heroic black man, uh, almost like, you know, super god of some, of some sort. Uh, we got the president of the United States, who if you uh, looked at all carefully at him walking, <coughs> excuse me, if you looked at him walking with uh, Prince, uh, well, Prince, I keep calling him Prince because he was Prince forever, uh, King Charles, it was frightening. I played it on my live uh, stream last night, eight o'clock, which, by the way, is available now. If you want to go look at it, it's it would be on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> Rumble, Getter. Go to any of those places. Put my Rudy Giuliani down, and you'll you can see the um, the clip, and uh, two clips actually. It was I call it walking walking to oblivion, and uh, it's him t- um, reviewing the troops. And the expression on his face is an expression that I've only seen in um, in insane wards and in nursing homes. I mean, he doesn't know. He doesn't. He really uh, blasted doesn't know where he is or what the hell he's doing. And then when he's finished, he's confused as hell, and they have to take a little break. And then Charles kind of pushes pushes him into the right spot. And then, uh, so that was one uh, walking into oblivion. That's the walk of a man who is uh, demented. And look it up in the DSM-5, you'll see. 
that that's one of the symptoms that that sort of stare into the distance where he, you can see on his face that he does he's not here he's in some other orbit now it happens again on the beach a couple of days earlier before he left he went on the beach took off his shirt to show us uh, i don't know what he's sure as hell isn't charles atlas and uh laid on the beach notice no one knew him no one recognized him no one bothered him for an autograph can you imagine trump sitting on that beach just appearing on the beach you'd have to have 20 secret service agents to protect him from the people that want his autograph and picture for me you'd need two or three nobody nobody paid attention to him uh, you'll also notice when he was sitting there if you watch that he wasn't even talking to jill who wasn't even looking at him and there was some woman there that I guess was assigned to look at him. And it's also the woman who kind of helps him when he's walking off. And once again, he looks like a pathetic creature walking off into the night. He looks like the last scene of being there. A movie with Peter Sellers who plays a nitwit who gets nominated for president. And the last scene when he's going to get nominated, they have him like walking off into the distance with an umbrella up, even though it's not raining, kind of symbolizing he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Uh, so we got that. We got that in the White House, and we've got this in New York. And now we also we we can't solve cocaine in the White House. Uh, the White House, despite the liar, Corinne uh, Jean Pierre, who says that you know it's a very heavily trafficked area. It is. This is not Grand Central Station, I'm telling you. Uh, they've had three different versions of where they found it, which is the sign of a cover-up, by the way. I, I, uh, how, do you, how do you have three different versions of where you found cocaine in the White House? That's a pretty significant event. You're going to get that one right the first time. They, sw they kept switching it to what would be a better place. Well, the one they have now has its pros and has its cons. So they, they started off with the... They started off with a library on the first floor that was personal library. That's bad personal, you know, could be Hunter. And they lied about Hunter not being there on Friday. It, it turned out he was there on Friday. Uh, second, they put it uh, in the waiting room of the West Wing. And that's when we got, uh, then we, that's when we got the, uh, the lying, uh, sec, uh, uh, press secretary to say that that was heavily trafficked. And then, of course, I made fun of her and said it's not Grand Central Station, jackass. In fact, every single person that comes in there, we got their name somewhere. Now, they had to leave things in a locker, and we have their social security number, moron, liar. And then it turns out it was in the floor below, right outside the Situation Room. Now, that's really beautiful. We got, we got, we got cocaine outside the Situation Room. I guess things get tense in the Situation Room. Uh, People like uh, people like the Secretary of State, who doesn't seem to know where he is any, uh, at any given moment, might be going out there, you know, getting a little help from his friend Hunter. But how can we not find who did it? I'm, I'm going to give you two seconds and we'll go to the phone on how I would investigate this. And I guarantee you, just give me a detective. Give me Bernie or, or, or either of my police commissioners, both of whom were law enforcement people, say for... And Bratton or Bernie or, or give me my old friend Carl Bogan that I made many cases with when I was a, an assistant U.S. attorney. Give me old Carl and me. We, we cracked this case in three days, maybe four because there's a lot of people to go through. 
We get everybody that was in any everybody. They get the name, social security number, an address of everybody that was could have possibly been involved. Uh, we call them all in. We tell them uh, you want to take a voluntary uh, lie detect test and drug test. And when they say no, we put them on a list. <laughs> uh, and then we go through the, uh, the the tests, and hopefully that's not going to show us anything because people will be smart enough. Then uh, now we got ourselves down to a list of people who were scared to take the test. Uh, probably some of them were scared because they're drug addicts, not the ones who did it. But I can't imagine there aren't a bunch of druggies in a, in a, in a White House like this. Come on, they pro- they promote the use of drugs. They promote the use of marijuana. They treat drugs like it's not really serious. This is, you know, this isn't even serious that there are cocaine outside the situation room. So we get, unfortunately, we can't get like a fair number that are drug users. And then we concentrate on them. We look at them. We take a look at how bad are they? How bad is, how bad is it? We start to question them. We see which ones take the fifth and which ones don't. And we zero in on who was around that area. Uh, and then by uh, doing some very significant questioning, we try to, we try to narrow the time period, and we keep narrowing it and narrowing it and narrowing it. And then we play a few tricks, which I will not tell you, and we catch them. I mean, this is a lot different than trying to find somebody, you know, that left drugs in the middle of a street. This is a secure area. When you tell people from day one, we can't solve this, you know you're not going to solve it. They never had any intention of solving it. Because they're too damn worried of who it goes back to. And if it isn't Hunter, it's probably another one of their people. Because this is a, an entirely incompetent administration. I can't think of anything it's done right. And it isn't just Biden. It's all of them. I wonder how many of them have a drug problem. I don't think it's just Hunter. Maybe that's why they're so sympathetic with Hunter. Hmm. Let's go to Roberta in Staten Island. What? When did the chicken? Oh, hi. Oh, Mayor Giuliani. I, I, Curtis Lee was always saying that uh, Mayor Adams always wears five thousand dollars suits. I could just picture him uh, picking cotton uh, with a, with that fancy suit on. Do you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really funny. We, we shouldn't laugh at this because it's all corruption and terrible. But you're right. It would be very funny the way he dresses up if he was picking cotton. <laughs> also at the, at the parade, uh, the, um, he, he was at the 4th of July parade with uh, Curtis Lewer. It's like the oldest parade. In, oh, I know it, yeah. I, I, I've been to it many times. Yeah, I hope you come next time. I was there a year ago. I wasn't there this year. I should have been there this year. A year ago, Adams was in the parade, and nobody even knew who he was. I went, well, it says on his, uh, the back of his uh, jacket, May Adams. I guess he wants everybody to know who he is. Well, yeah, but I mean... Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. You see him first, and then he passes by, and you see the back of the jacket. And, and, and then when you see it, nobody applauds. I waved to him, and, he, and Curtis Lee would throw, so I'm, I'm happy they were there. Yeah, yeah. But in any event, um, do, do you think it would be crazy if I made a Freedom of Information Act request for the transcript of his conversation with God? No, go right ahead. <laughs> I got as good a chance of getting that. As I do get in the transcript of Biden's conversations with his son, right? Uh-oh. Yeah, well, we do have one conversation with his son in which Biden admits knowing about the 
foreign clients that he lies about and the press doesn't tell you about it. But I play it for you all the time. So you get it from me. How about we go to uh how about we go to Richard in the great state of Texas? Richard. Richard. We lost Richard. I guess the state is so big. I wanted to see I wanted to see how he pronounced it. Houston or Houston. So let's go to Paula, my favorite. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, Mayor. Hi, Paula. Um, good afternoon. Uh, Honorable Mayor, I have a suggestion. I have two suggestions. The first one is uh, 2024 election. Okay. Uh, there is a high probability that the signature verification will be done by an automated signature verification system, which is an AI system. Now, um, AutoPen, which is a robot that holds a pen, uh, can any kind of pen be ballpoint, um, will copy a person's signature identically. So why don't we have the ballot envelope where a, per- a person, a human, uh, versus machine has to write it twice. They have to write their signature twice so that it can make it much easier for uh, identification of whether it's done by auto pen or human. A human signature will never be identical. 100%. It's impossible. But a auto pen signature will always be identical. Great idea, Paul. It's a great idea. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of handwriting work a long time ago, particularly in cases where handwriting analysis, you had to cross-examine the handwriting analyst and what, what you know, uh, that is an exa- that is a great idea, you know. Really, what you what you need is you need human observation of the ballot, which the law requires and is uh, uh, and the Democrats have, were allowed to get away with, which is the crux of the cheating that was done in twenty twenty. Uh, what they did was they hid the ballots. They would not allow Republicans, uh, namely this one, Rudolph W. Giuliani. To examine any of the paper, they fought like crazy so that I could never see any of the paper in Pennsylvania or Georgia because they knew if I could get my hands on, let's say, a sample group of uh, 20,000 ballots in either place, I'd come up with a bunch that were phony. Uh, The group that we actually saw that were never folded. So if they were never folded, they're not absentee ballots. Because they have to be folded to be put in the envelope. Or the ones where we had some inside information that they were signed by a machine, like many, many of them, and then attached to a phony, uh, a phony registration. Or let me explain to you how the following happens. 17,000 people in Pittsburgh voted, uh, came to vote on Election Day. And they they had already voted. Well, of course, they hadn't voted a false uh, uh, fictional absentee ballot had been put into into them. And in essence, their registration had been stolen because they appeared to be people that didn't vote very often. And you could get away with it. And this election, they showed up and voted. This is how you get dead people voting. 
This is how you get people who have moved out for five years voting. All these three or four crooked Democratic cities where um, they do things much worse than cheating on elections because they're crooked Democratic cities. And the judges are fixed. Everything's fixed. Uh, did that. And none of them would allow a forensic examination of the paper. But there are many ways to discover the phony paper. Also, think about this. When the state contracts for the ballot, they contract with a particular stationer. He has a certain type of paper. You can compare that um, both uh, through, um, uh, uh, through analysis. I mean, actual, actual uh, uh, analysis by machine. You can do it by hand. And you can see the difference in the paper. You can see that this is paper, you know, that had nothing to do with the ballots that were printed up before. This is stuff that was printed up separately so you could throw in phony ballots and you can separate them out. And you can figure out how many phony ballots you had. None of that was allowed with all the yelling and screaming that went on in 2020. And it better happen in 2024 or we're going to have another questionable election. Well, we'll be back very shortly with the mayor's final America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani, and I am back uh, with the mayor's final thoughts, which is sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers is the organization that is there for our uniform members when they are catastrophically injured and need uh, special homes built for them called smart homes so that they can have the maximum amount of independence. And they're there for the families of those uniform members who lose their lives in the line of duty and need help, help, for example, to pay off the mortgage on the home. They need help financially, and they need help in terms of support and people having their back. And nobody does it better than Tunnels or Towers. But to do that, they need your help. $11 a month will make you a participant in that wonderful work. And I think it's going to make you feel just absolutely great about yourself because you'll be doing something very, very important. So uh, my final thoughts today, and of course, as I said, let me remind you that uh, after this show is over, we usually have uh, the great James Golden, uh, Bo Snurdly on. But he's on vacation, so I'll be on for him for the first half hour, and then I'll be joined. Uh, well, I, I it will become the 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 uh, Katz and Cosby show. Uh, John is off today, also, so Rita will be there, and uh, a group of their wonderful panelists, and I'll be joining them. So we'll be basically we'll be together for another two hours, on and off. And uh, my my final thought. Will is is about um, about the mental competence of the people that are in office. I mean, we have a very serious problem having a president who is a proven criminal for thirty years, and the only reason that uh, there's any doubt about that is because the press is just as crooked as he is, and they cover up uh, the 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 overwhelming evidence of it. Like, again, the text that says in uh, in November of 2018, uh, December of 2018, from, from Hunter to his daughter, 
for 30 years, I've been paying all the expenses of this family. And even with that, Pop requires me for 30 years to give him half of my salary. Now, when you consider all the evidence that is coming in, and when you consider that the press hardly ever mentions that, they always go back to the, the uh, 10, uh, 10% for the big guy, which was in one deal. But they never mentioned that Hunter has defined to his daughter the way the RICO conspiracy works, half for the big guy. And, and you realize and you, and you analyze just very briefly what the money was for, which is the use of influence. That sort of solves the riddle, right? The, the question from the very beginning is, why would China uh, send $5 million, this is just one specific transaction in 2018, to Hunter Biden for his expertise on what? Or uh, isn't it more likely they're spending, uh, sending $5 million, ultimately $31 million, in order to gain uh, uh, the 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 uh, in order to buy off and to compromise uh, the vice president of the United States, and then later the president of the United States, and then there were specific deliverables that they got back in exchange for that that make no sense unless it's bribery. Biden abandoned the Bagram Air Base, four hundred miles from uh, from China, with no explanation. And no one said, I mean, our government and our people, including our Republicans, are so, I don't know, incompetent or lazy or unrealistic. Nobody even asked him, what'd you give up a Grom Air Base for? You're 400 miles from China. And then they'll say, well, it wasn't that important. But what are you looking for an air base at 1,000 miles from China then? Well, we'll be back uh, with you, uh, substituting for James Golden in just a few minutes. And uh, then we'll go into the uh, Cats and Cosby show. So you come right back and we'll get to your calls that we have left over here, too. Be back in a minute. Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Good afternoon. This is uh, Rudy Giuliani sitting in for the great James Golden, Bo Snurdly. And uh, Bo is on a well-deserved vacation, and I'm going to be sitting in for a half hour. And then we're going to switch over to the usual 5 o'clock show, but we'll get another half hour of it, uh, the the Katz the and Cosby show. Uh, today, uh, it's going to be Rita. Because John's on vacation, and I'll be with her and and uh, a number of the panelists, and we'll have a great discussion, except for an hour and a half, which I think gives us enough time to really cover the the the. Well, we'll find out when readers hear what 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 she wants to cover. I mean, I'm, she's going to set the agenda. She and John do, and they do such a great job at at it. And as I predicted yesterday, they always have breaking news. They do. They're just great at it. So uh, let's let's uh, let's uh, take a look for for a minute at something that I find uh, really amazing. Uh, this movie, uh, uh, which has been um, Sound of Freedom, which has been uh, so controversial, uh, I went to see, as I think I told you yesterday, 
on the weekend. Um, and some, some, in fact, somebody called who went to see it in the same movie theater that I did just one showing before. I thought that was very, very interesting. And I went to see it because I do know quite a bit about the subject, child uh, traf- trafficking, going back 30, 30, 35 years. I had found the criticism of, criticisms of the movie very suspicious because I can't imagine why you'd get so upset about a movie about child trafficking uh, on the theory that you're exaggerating it. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you could really exaggerate child trafficking. Every, every person that I have talked to about the border in the last three years, particularly uh, with the uh, cat- catastrophe caused by our incompetent uh, president by not having a border, uh, mentions uh, two things, as uh, three things, really, as the main problem. Uh, the fact that we're wide open to fentanyl and we're doubling and tripling the number of people killed by it. These are, these are deaths I put right at the hands of our incompetent president. I think Joe Biden is responsible for their deaths, just like he's responsible for the deaths deaths of the people in Afghanistan and in Ukraine, because it never would have happened if we didn't have uh, this, this, um, I don't know what you would call him, but he certainly isn't a competent man as president. Uh, But the reality, but the reality is in this particular uh, situation, this wouldn't be at this level if there was apprehension at the border. Now, we have had child trafficking for years, uh, uh, but it hasn't been as uh, open as this, nor has it been in the numbers that now exist. You could say, and I'd be backed up, I think, by everybody that knows the border. You could say we're at 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 an epidemic, pandemic level in terms of child trafficking, human trafficking. There are people who believe that it is more profitable to the cartels and to those that cooperate with them, including to some extent China, uh, than drugs. Now, I don't know that that's true. I haven't seen the exact dollar analysis, but they say that uh, children can be bought and sold, you know, their services bought and sold five, six, seven, eight, twelve times a day, whereas even though you make a fortune for drugs, you sell it once. Um, now, I would say that's a close question, but we're talking about a a billion dollar industry now. And it wasn't that, and it's become that way because like he has with, with, with fentanyl, Biden has opened the door to it because you can uh, come across the border now with large numbers of children and not be, well, first of all, you might not be apprehended at all. And if you are, the children will be an excuse for allowing you to stay in the United States. And then the Mexican cartels have spread out their forces all throughout the United States, and they have agents who engage in this kind of business in just about every part of the United States. And these children uh, can be as young as three and four years old, and they're used for sex and for other horrible, horrible things. Um, so. This movie, for some reason, has become enormously controversial. There was a real effort not to put it out. 
Disney originally had the movie and sold it, uh, didn't want to put it out, held it up. I I hear for three, four years, um, although I think even even the critics of the movie who say that it's an exaggeration and it's QAnon inspired do not uh, fault it as a movie. They They actually say it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, it doesn't really, on the face of it, seem to be a QAnon movie, and it is an excellent production with superbly talented actors like James Caviezel and uh, Mira Sorvino. And I would tell you that's true. This is an excellent, excellent drama. Uh, nor does it seem to be exaggerating anything. They're talking about 52, I believe, 52 children that were taken over the border. I mean, the num the numbers are in the hundreds of thousands so it's not it isn't exaggerating anything it's confronting a problem that we uh are not doing a good job of confronting a a problem that we had uh that we've had for some time and uh, compared to the way we did it in the past we're doing it much worse now our number where our numbers like they are in so many other areas of failure are at record levels but in this case we're giving away the lives of children now um hollywood is going nuts over this hollywood is going nuts and crazy over this rolling stone wrote a review of this that was uh vicious i don't know how you would feel so strongly about this who who are the victims here that you're feeling so strong? Who's being who's being defamed? A, a child traffickers, cartel members, the red Chinese, perverts, pedophiles. So I uh, have a feeling in what I was reading in terms of the left wing critics of this that methinks the lady protests too much. That's a Shakespearean quote which kind of gives away your guilt. Why would you be so upset about people being uh, alerted to uh, all of this pedophilia? And and why would you, uh, in California, why would you support the reduction in uh, sentences for pedophiles? I don't know. Is there a... a is there any possible theoretical or intellectual basis for reducing the sentencing for pedophiles if you're not a pedophile or somebody who likes pedophiles? Was there is any reason to beat up this uh, uh, show and try to destroy the actors who are in it unless you don't want the American people to know about uh, the, the atrocities that go on? Uh, and are those atrocities uh, somewhat more centered in Hollywood and, and Washington? Now, that's, their, that's, I guess, their complaint with QAnon, that QAnon, uh, they say, I don't know if this is true. I don't know. I, I really don't know as much as I probably should about QAnon, or maybe there isn't as much to know as they seem to think you should. But in any event, I have no idea if it's true that QAnon exaggerates this. That's what they say. But... Well, I, I, I see no reason why the movie should be discounted in any way because QAnon may or may not exaggerate something that maybe even if they exaggerate it, it's not so bad. We get people's attention 
And uh, maybe they say it's a million kids and it's, uh, you know, 400,000 kids. That's still a lot better than what the other side is doing, which is trying to ignore it and get the penalties down. So more kids will be destroyed. So I want you to go see. I want you to go see this movie, please. Go see it. And here's the, here's the ultimate wonderful justice of this. Disney had blocked this movie for four years. Disney now has its big movie of the year. What is about the 50th uh, one of those? One uh, uh, <laughs> of those uh, Ford, uh, uh, you know, where he goes off in the jungles and does, you know. You, 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 aren't you tired of that crap? Well, apparently people are because this uh, movie uh, was a much bigger draw than the Disney movie. Beat it at the box office. This is the one they turned down. And I want you to know that Disney also had one of its worst uh, 4th of July weekends in terms of people going to uh, the Disney uh, facility, particularly in Florida. Maybe, um, maybe Governor DeSantis wasn't so wrong about them, huh? Maybe the people of Florida support Governor DeSantis in that regard, at least. Now, they don't politically, apparently, because Trump... Had a poll today where he was 21 points ahead of DeSantis in Florida. I must, I mean, the New York Times probably having a wake tonight with Trump 21 points ahead of DeSantis in Florida. And I, and I don't have bad feelings about Ron. I don't. I don't. I, I think Trump it, it would be the better choice. But, and I'm glad he's right about Disney. And I'm glad that Sound of Music is kicking the hell out of Disney. I think it's terrific. I think it's uh, terrific. Uh, so I have a call here from Rick in New Jersey who has an observation about this. I'm not, I think I have time to take it. Rick. Thanks for taking my call. Um, if, when you're over the target, that's when they hit you with your conspiracy theorists, your QAnon. I do the global warming debunking, as you know, so they call me a flat earther, a moon landing faker, a cigarette lobbyist working for big oil. Ha! <laughs> So what do you think? What's your view of this um, of this movie? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet, but I have seen a clip of some uh, human trafficking on TV. There's a Spanish show called Alarma TV. There was five men with masks on and machine guns, and they had six young women on their knees on the floor, and they all had yellow wristbands on. They're prostitutes. They're turning them into escorts. Do you have any doubt that there's a massive amount of, of child trafficking going on over the border? It would make no it would make no sense that there wasn't. The um this is like um this is like giving the mafia uh their own uh space to operate in. The cartels are, are that we have given the border to the Mexican cartels. So what the hell are they going to do with it? Uh grow grow crops? They're going to send in uh drugs, they're going to send in terrorists. They're going to send in uh, human traffickers. They're going to make money illegally with it. And uh, either dummy doesn't care or it's part of a conspiracy with, with China. But he sold, he sold us out 100%, Biden. They're snatching them up off the street. You can see videos of that oh, the same show. You can't be human and not react to this. But there's a possibility Biden isn't much of a human anyway. Uh, I think that's what's killing him. I think people are beginning to realize that a guy that will not recognize his grandchild 
There's something really seriously mean and horrible and evil about him. And uh, somebody that doesn't really seem to give a damn about all the fentanyl in this country or all the child trafficking and has his political operatives on the other side trying to shoot this down. There's something very, very significantly wrong with this guy, which is why, you know, cocaine in the White House doesn't mean a damn thing to him. It's like nothing. Let's go to Mike. Mike in New Jersey. Well, we're going to we're going to stick. We're going to stick with that. We'll go to Sandra. In New Jersey. Hi, Hi, Rudy. Um, Thank you for taking my call. This is unrelated to everything that we've been talking about. Good. Well, let's try something else. We'll see if we're flexible enough to try something else. Okay. I mean, the movie I have to tell you is the best one I've ever seen yet. But um, I hope everyone goes. I hope everyone goes to see it. Yeah, make up your own mind. Absolutely. Yeah, but as far as um, the future goes and the election, you know, Georgia is a state that I feel we need going forward. And I know that maybe the relationship with uh, Governor Kemp and Donald Trump, it's, it's okay, but maybe it could be better. So I'm thinking about who would be the right person to try to make it better. <laughs> so you know who came to my mind? Two people. Uh, Kellyanne Conway and your son. Now, why my son? Why your son? Oh. Because he's charming. He's warm. <laughs> he's smart. He knows how to make people. And I think that he could bring those two together and maybe a couple of other governors that, you know, are not 100 percent. Right, there. right. Well, I, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up uh, with my thoughts about it. I think it's a very good uh, uh, observation. We'll be back uh, right after this break, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll give some thought to that. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, this is Rudy Giuliani in uh, for Bo Snurdly, and uh, I wanted to follow up on that uh, conversation about Governor Kemp. Uh, governor Kemp is the governor of uh, Georgia, and as you know, there was a very bitter uh, uh, dispute about uh, the election in uh, Georgia with Kemp and with his uh, attorney general, Raffsenberger. Well, not his attorney general, but uh, Raffsenberger is elected separately, but they basically are seen as political allies. And uh, and there are very hard feelings about it, I would imagine, on, bo- on, both, on both sides, uh, made even worse by the, uh, uh, by the criminalization of it and, and weaponization of it with this uh, um, investigation both by uh, the DA in Fulton County and by the uh, special prosecutor trying to turn some aspects of that into a crime when in fact it was a a, a good faith and at least on the part of the president dispute about uh what he believed were massive amounts of uh cheating uh and at, at that stage you can't be right about every single aspect of the cheating because you're getting it very very quickly in a in a kind of situation where you probably need about six or eight months to investigate it but you have to go, and, and the law allows you to do this with estimates and other things. Otherwise, you'd never be able to deal with voter fraud in time to uh, affect an election or to fix it. Uh, so um, uh, it is worth trying. Georgia is critical. Uh, and um, I would say, if, if I can put it aside, because I have a certain amount of uh, you know emotion about this also, uh, if I can put this aside, I would think they should be able to 
because, I mean, it's easy to put it aside in this sense. It's too important to the country that we not have another Democratic administration. I, I don't think, and particularly Biden or whatever creep will, will, will replace him. I mean, their ideas are anti-American. They are to change uh, the kind of government given to us by our founding fathers. They've already done a pretty good job of doing that. They've taken away many, many of our rights, uh, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, uh, uh, due process. They've criminalized, they've weaponized the FBI. They've weaponized the Department of Justice. They've made our government corrupt. I mean, we say, well, the Biden administration is corrupt. Well, that's just a euphemism for, for saying the United, for avoiding saying the United States is corrupt. We're seen that way all over the world. We have a president who takes bribes. You know, we got to change that. And we've got to change it quickly, otherwise we're not going to have a we're not going to have a free country. I'm not sure how free it is right now. It certainly isn't for me, uh, because I'm a Trump person, and they come after me on every ridiculous, made up, crazy thing. And uh, uh, doesn't matter if it's factually correct or not. I mean, I was a Russian spy for for for, for uh, a year and a half according to all of the lefties. I mean, they wrote it, and they never apologized for it. And it was completely false, completely untrue, ridiculous, and easy to disprove. The same thing is true with this bar proceeding. This is, this is uh, you know, the D.C. lawyers, the, the swamp lawyers, the people who make millions off uh, what happens in Washington. You don't think they're going to try to destroy me and take me out as a spokesman for, for Trump? And also as a deterrent to others representing Trump. I mean, it's ironic that part of this whole situation they're looking at in D.C. involves my having to substitute for a lawyer with less than two days uh, a notice for a very big case that had to be argued because he was intimidated off the case with being told he'd be thrown out of his law firm and then even death threats if he represented Trump. I mean, that, that, should, that, that is much more serious. And the Bar Association should be looking at that rather than me. And I'm not just trying to defend myself. I'm trying to give a perspective. That has much more implications for, for the future of the right to counsel and to the idea of a free country than uh, whatever I did in that case, which after all was supervised by a judge, and the judge didn't find I did anything wrong, and my opponents didn't accuse me of doing anything wrong, a political operative did who had nothing to do with the case. And then I went before a political bar association, the worst, the bar association in the, in the swamp. So um, let's go to Carmine in Long Island. Yes, thank you, Mayor. I'll make it brief. I saw the vote. Real quick, Carmine. We're, we're going out, babes. Yeah, I'd like to know. He's... Yeah, he did kill somebody. Are there repercussions of okay, killing that? Okay, I will, I, will, I will explain that. Uh, Rita, Rita and John are coming up. And he didn't, that actually is fictional. He did not kill anybody in real life. <laughs>